Chapter Eleven of Billy Whiskers Travels. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Billy Whiskers Travels by Francis Trago Montgomery. Billy joins a happy family. Whoa! cried a brisk, cheery voice. Billy slowly opened his eyes. There, on the road above him, a pretty Shetland pony stopped suddenly and shook his saucy-looking head, while a boy, a little bigger than Frank Brown, jumped down from a little cart full of grass and ran to the pony's head. "'Now stand still, Dandy, till we see whether our friend here by the roadside needs any help,' went on the boy. "'It's a fine-looking goat, Dandy, but he looks sick.' Dandy danced his front feet up and down and rubbed his nose affectionately against the boy's neck, while a beautiful collie came rushing up and capered and danced around them both, giving little short, sharp, playful barks. "'Steady now, King, steady,' said the boy. "'There's no way to make a noise when there are sick people around. Behave yourself!' And patting the dog's silken coat with a hearty thump, he turned to see what he could do for Billy. The dog reached the goat first, and Billy shivered as he felt the dog's muzzle touch him. He jerked his head and began to gather his limbs to get up and defend himself, when the dog whined a little, and he felt that the touch was a friendly one. "'Why, you poor goat!' said the boy, as he saw the bruised and bleeding leg. "'I wonder how you ever broke such a pretty fine limb as that.' "'Well, old fellow, if broken bones are all, we can fix those.' He passed his hand gently down Billy's neck to his foreflanks, where it rested for a moment. Billy felt better right away. He liked this young fellow. He never heard a voice or felt a touch that seemed to do him so much good. A tiny little stream ran across the road not far ahead, and, taking a blight little pail from his cart, the boy ran to its stream and came back with some water. He carefully bathed Billy's leg with his handkerchief, and then, wetting the handkerchief thoroughly, he tied it around Billy's leg. That will do for a bit, said the boy, and now we'll just take you right home and fix you up properly. He stooped down to pick Billy up, and Billy, just as the pony had done to the boy's neck, rested his nose affectionately on the boy's bare arm. They were strong arms too, and with but very little trouble they lifted Billy up and laid him in the car on the bed of soft springy grass, King barking joyous circles around them all the way. It's lucky for you, old fella said the boy, as he gave Billy a light pat and climbed back to his seat, that I happened to be cutting some feed for my pets. The dog, King, sprang up on the seat beside the boy and sat there, looking as grave as an owl. Get up, you dandy, said the boy. The saucy little pony stopped to prance for just a minute to show how good he felt, and then away he darted. The road was smooth, the little cart was supplied with good springs, and the grass kept off jar still more so that the ride was a very easy one just out the outskirts of the village the boy sprang down again and opened a wide gate billy raised up his head a little to look after this splendid fellow he wore a grey sweater a pair of overalls and a straw hat and he was in his bare feet his nose tilted up a little at the end and his face was all covered with freckles but he was tall and straight his yellow hair curled from under his hat, and his blue eyes were bright and kind, and Billy thought he had never seen any human being in the world 
so fine and handsome as soon as the gate was opened the busy little pony darted through it and without a word from the boy stopped until his driver could close the gate and take his place again two other dogs came running down to meet them hello curly hello spot called the boy and he patted each of the dogs on the head before he climbed back up on his seat and took the reins back a little way from the road sat a small white house with green vines and bright red flowers clambering all over the wide front porch the ground in front of the house was glowing with flower beds everything looked neat and clean and as if happy contented people lived there the road from the gate led right past his house and back by the kitchen the boy stopped with a whoa a pleasant-looking woman came out of the kitchen door and in her hands she held up a cookie just out of the oven bobby boy she said and came up to the wagon to hand it to him he reached down and patted her cheek and with the same hand took the hot cookie look in the wagon mother he said smiling well bobby sanders she cried another animal i don't know what your father will say oh but look mother said the boy turning round to her i picked him up at the side of the road and see he has broken a leg oh the poor goat said mrs sanders her voice as full of sympathy as bobby's own billy liked her voice too the sound of it seemed to do him good in the same way that bobby's voice had i'll go right in and get him some milk she added no i'd rather you wouldn't mother said bobby i'll give him a drink of water out at the barn but i don't want him to eat anything just now i have got to set that leg it's likely to be very painful for him if he ate anything it might make him very sick after it is all through i'll make him a little mash and feed it to him all right bobby you know best said his mother and she stood there watching them until bobby and his wagon had disappeared through the gates of the barnyard and behind the barn when bobby jumped out of the wagon chickens came squawking and running to him and clustered around his feet so he could hardly walk without stepping on them down from the gable of the barn whirred some pigeons which circled about his head and one of them lit on each shoulder while another one tumbled off in trying to get a foothold bobby laughed and stooping down stroked the feathers of some of the chickens and then he reached up and took one of the pigeons in each hand go flash go rocket he called pitching each one of them into the air as he spoke and after circling about him they flew back to their perch under the eaves of the barn while bobby unhitched dandy no sooner was that surprising pony unhitched than he ran back to the pump there was a little water standing in the bucket under the spout but dandy upset this at once and then turned the bucket right side up again with his nose there was a leather loop now firmly to the pump handle and gripping this with his teeth dandy jerked his head up and down until he had pumped a bucket of water which he drank with great relish then he trotted into the barn where bobby presently carried the goat he gave billy a drink of cool fresh water and then after preparing splints and bandages and getting everything ready he set the broken bone in billy's leg with cool firm hands poor billy it hurt him far worse than it had hurt to break his leg but after bobby had put some ointment on the leg and wrapped it up in soft bandages and had bound the stiff boards on it to keep it firm while the bone was healing it felt a great deal better 
Billy's bed was made up of some sweet-smelling hay right in front of Dandy's stool, just where a cool breeze could blow across him. And after Bobby had gone away, Billy closed his eyes in comfort. Next to being back on Farm Clausen's farm with his own mother, this was the nicest place he had ever been in his life. After a long nap, Billy woke up to find Dandy clattering into his stool. Ooh, but I'm hot, said Dandy. How do you feel? Pretty good, said Billy. Only my leg does throb and hurt. No doubt, replied Dandy. I know when Queen had her leg broken, she told me how it hurt her. You must get around and see Queen and her babies as soon as you're able, although I expect by that time they will be in here, tumbling around you. They are the cutest little puppies I ever saw in my life. I shall be glad to, said Billy. But just now I am only thinking one thing. I'm hungry. That's good, laughed Andy. You'll get something to eat all right. Nobody stays hungry around here. Bobby will be here with something to eat soon. He's the best boy in the world. As soon as you get well enough, he'll teach you to do tricks. Tricks? said Billy in surprise. I never heard of them. What are they? Oh, you'll find out, said Dandy. I can do a few of them myself. I can waltz on my hind legs and stand on my head and roll a barrel. And now I'm learning to stand on a globe and roll it backwards and forwards. My, but you are smart, said Billy. And does he ever whip you if you don't do them right? Dandy laughed and tossed his head. No, indeed, said he. Bobby never had a whip in his hand. We're all of us glad to do anything he tells us. If you know how, stupid, croaked a new voice. And Billy looked up to see a tame black crow sitting in the window. Stupid yourself, Tarwings, said the pony, but it was in a friendly tone. You must have good times here said Billy, sighing as he thought of all the places of trouble he had seen in his travels. We do, replied Dandy. Of course it isn't all play. Now I just came in from hoeing the corn. You mean that Bobby hoed the corn while you pulled the hoe, croaked the crow. Don't mind what he says, Mr. Goat. He'll make you think that he does it all around here. And then, laughing coarsely, the crow flapped his wings and flew away. Dandy laughed heartily. He thinks he's a great mischief-maker, but nobody gets angry at what he says. He doesn't mean a bit of harm by it. Just then Bobby came in with a pail of warm mash for Billy. The goat hardly knew whether he liked it at first taste, but as he ate more of it and felt it warming him up inside, he began to realise how good it was, and after he had eaten all that Bobby had thought it wise for him to have just then, he lay very contented and lazy while Bobby rubbed Dandy's smooth coat with a cloth. Later in the evening, a pretty little red and white cow came into the barn and turned into her stall beside Dandy's. She was properly introduced to Billy, and the crow made so much fun of their politeness that he laughed until he fell out of the window, where he lay on the hay with his legs sticking up until he was quite through cackling. Yes, I heard all about your case, said Tiny, the cow. King came out in the pasture to tell me about it. You were very unfortunate, but after all, you were very lucky that you got to come here, where nobody ever even gets cross. A sharp yelp behind her heels made Tiny jump half out of her hide, and then King, laughing at the trick he played on her, sprang from behind her and over her stool to inquire about Billy. 
It seemed strange to Billy to have a dog come near him without getting ready for a fight, and he could not get over the surprise of being in a place where everybody seemed to get along so nicely. He could not understand it at all until Bobby came in again, and then he reflected that all these animals were simply trained to the kindness and gentleness that was in their master. Before he went to sleep that night, Billy had some more mash and a few tender mustard plants to eat, and he slept like a top until morning. Those were tiresome days for Billy. He did long to get out and play with the other animals, but he knew that he must first let his leg heal, so he stood it as patiently as he could. Bobby came in to see him at least two or three times a day, and rebandaged his leg as often as was needed. The leg healed rapidly, and at last Bobby said one morning, Well, old fellow, be good two more days to make sure, and we'll let you out. Those words were the most welcome words that Billy had heard in a long time, and he licked Bobby's hand for saying them. After Bobby went away, he began to wonder how much he should put in those two long, long days, but before he had time to fret about it, he heard a whole chorus of little yelps, and here came Bobby with King and Queen and a half a dozen pretty baby collies. Here, old fellow, said Bobby. I brought you some playmates. Introduce them, King, and amuse our friend Billy all you can. Bobby took Dandy from his stool to hitch him up and go into the village for some lumber, leaving Billy in good company. Such puppies as those were. They nipped at him. They pulled his tail. They clawed his beard. They hung on his horns. They sprawled all over him and came tumbling down on all sides, little awkward white and brown bunches of down. There was no chance for Billy to get blue or fretful, for those puppies kept him laughing all the time. Their awkward antics would have made anyone laugh. For the two whole days that Billy had to stay bandaged up, for safety's sake, those puppies kept him amused, and when on the third day his splints were taken off, and he was allowed to walk outdoors with only a cloth bandage wrapped around his leg, the puppies scampered out after him. Billy blinked his eyes when he got outdoors again. My, what a fresh, pretty green world this was, to be sure. How good it was to be alive. How good it was to be in such a fine home as this. End of chapter 11